0: Nothing can break an online retailer faster than its inability to master the sticky issue of returns. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, editor-in-chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. returns have always been an unavoidable part of retailing, dating back to the dawn of brick-and-mortar stores as well as paper catalogs. Back then, though, it was pretty much assumed to be a painful process, requiring the customer either to stand in a long line at the store or wait ages for a refund or replacement item to show up in the mail. But shoppers won't tolerate such treatment today. They want the online returns process to be fast, trouble-free, and without additional cost. So how good a job of handling returns are retailers doing today? Answers can be found in the latest State of Online Returns survey by Narvar, provider of a software platform for managing the after-purchase experience. We discuss the results of the survey with Vice President of Marketing Elaine Sue, and we learn of an interesting disconnect between what customers are saying about certain retailers' returns programs and their actual experiences with them. We'll find out what sellers need to do to improve that experience and provide the type of painless, flexible, and cost-efficient return service that ensures repeat business. So here is my conversation with Elaine Sue. Elaine Sue, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Bob. Thank you.
0: Elaine, tell me about Narvar's annual survey on the state of online returns. What are you measuring and how?
1: So Narvar's been putting out a consumer return study for the past three years. This is our third year in a row. And it is really focused on measuring what is the overall consumer sentiment towards returns. Returns are never the thing. You don't go into buying a product thinking, oh, I'm so excited to return it. It's really a follow-up that happens after you've gone through a purchase flow and after you've received a product and then decided, hey, you know, this may not be working for me for various reasons. So now you have to go through the complicated process of sending it back to the vendor. When we think about this, it's a big part of why consumers no longer will shop with particular retailers because they've had a poor experience when it comes to returns. So three years ago, we thought, What can we do to really help retailers and brands understand what are the key pain points and what are the drivers of happy consumer behavior as it relates to sending a product back to a vendor, returning it? So this study is really looking at consumer sentiment. We measured various metrics across 3,500 consumers worldwide and looked at what are some key friction points, what are some key best practices, and what are the things that retailers and brands can do? to increase their likelihood of a repurchase and the likelihood of having a happy customer.
0: Okay, so the key takeaway here appears to be that consumer expectations even now are not being met when it comes to ease of returns. Where exactly is it breaking down according to these consumers?
1: That's absolutely right, Bob. I think there are many, many different reasons for why consumer expectations around returns are challenging. At the end of the day, there are lots of different points of friction. You can think about the actual communication that a consumer may have about their actual return. What is the status of my return? I want to get my refund back. My refund took too long. I had to repackage the item. I had to keep checking to see if the refund had gone through. I wasn't able to track the package as it was going back. I had to wait in a line in the store. So a lot of this is really these pain points that are kind of small death by a million cuts experiences that a lot of times it varies by retailer. So consumer also has to look up what is the return policy for every vendor or every retailer that they work with that they shop at. So I think there's many different points and reasons for dissatisfaction. The number one reason is typically that, you know, the refund took too long or they had to repackage the item and that they didn't actually have any communication from a brand or retailer. So they had to keep checking what is the status of my return.
0: Let's talk specifically about return to store as an option because a good number, over a third of shoppers in your study actually said they thought it was easier to return an item to a store. They like the idea of receiving immediate credit, and not having to worry about getting the returns lost in the mail, etc. And yet only about 10% actually used that option for their last purchase. How do you explain that gap?
1: I think while a lot of consumers say that they would prefer to return in store, the reality is we know that the retail footprint is not always convenient for every consumer. And top of all that, consumers are shopping from more and more varied brands and some of which are direct consumer brands that don't actually have a physical footprint or if they have a physical footprint, the physical stores are very limited in terms of their accessibility. So if I'm a consumer, I'm also thinking well, I'd love to get my refund quickly, or maybe I'd like to exchange it for an item in store, the reason is really critical there. A lot of times they're probably going to opt for what's most convenient for them. And that might not be just to physically take it to a store. If that store is 2000 miles away or even 50 miles away, they may say, I'm just going to drop it off at the post office because it's too complicated or too much of a pain and a hassle for me to deal with. So from Mm -hmm. that standpoint, I think while consumers might say that store returns are preferable because they don't mind actually combining with other errands or, They may actually want to look at that brand's other items or even maybe exchange the item. The reality is convenience tends to trump all in many cases.
0: Retailers, on the other hand, must love it when they do that, because I think, as your own survey points out, uh, very often when a consumer comes into the store to return something, they end up buying something else on impulse. So actually, I would imagine that's something that retailers would prefer in terms of behavior.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Bob. I think a lot of retailers would prefer and have always viewed the store as a really critical touch point for how they can reengage that consumer. So whether that's to make the process really seamless for them to so that they can get a refund as quickly as possible, or it's to upsell them or enable them to actually make an exchange so that they're saving that consumer from actually returning the item. I think there's lots of different ways that retailers could still do this digitally. And also by making the overall convenience and ease of returning at alternate locations or through alternate methods. But at the same time, I think in-store returns is still going to be something that will be important for retailers in the future. The number one reason that we saw in the U.S. was that in-store returns will lead to incrementality. So a consumer will actually buy other items that they weren't planning to purchase. I think it's 22% of consumers said that that's happened when they've gone to in-store to make a return. Mm -hmm. Um, or that they bought other items they were planning to purchase, and that's 24% of consumers. Overall, I think retailers still would like to be able to drive consumers in-store for that exact reason, because it can encourage them to make other purchases or additional purchases, or allow them to have just another really pleasant experience with that brand that will drive overall long-term loyalty.
0: Of course, we've been talking up to now about retailers who have stores, brick-and-mortar, physical stores. (laughs) Of course, we have a number of uh, pure e-commerce players. Uh, There's one by the name of Amazon, I think I've heard of. And in that case, did you have consumers in the survey talking about their experience with returns with pure e-commerce players and how they liked or didn't like that process?
1: So that said, I think a lot of those direct consumer brands Your point is still valid that even if they have a brick and mortar footprint, it's probably not going to be widely accessible to most consumers. So what we've seen is that some shoppers are really starting to adopt this trend that I think Amazon has introduced with their lockers, which is dropping off at other third party locations, somewhere where it's highly convenient to their work or to where they're dropping their kids off for school and something where they can maybe perhaps run other errands, such as like at a drugstore or at another big box retailer where they would be running errands anyway. So we saw in the study that on average, globally, 16% of shoppers had used an alternate location. And the chief reason for that was that it was convenient. I think we saw that 51% of respondents said that that was the number one reason. And the interesting pattern here is also globally. This is more and more common in the UK and France where I think it's 22% in the UK and 23% in France Of consumers had actually used one of these third-party drop-off locations. And the US is slowly catching up there. We're at 13% now. That's definitely a significant increase over the past years. And I think a lot of that speaks to the fact that convenience and ease is more and more important for a retailer to introduce to their shoppers. At the end of the day, as much as they'd love to drive them to a physical store, if they don't have a physical store or they don't have physical stores that are super easily accessible to a consumer, then introducing these third party locations is really something that they can use to their advantage so that the consumer really is thinking about how returns are a painless and seamless process whenever they purchase from that brand and that they're happy enough to come on to buy from them again
0: elaine you mentioned amazon the image of amazon is is that of the ultimate best practice being the most efficient in terms of returns, and yet the survey shows that those who used Amazon were only slightly more satisfied with their experience than those that didn't, and they did cite issues with Amazon, such as damaged items, misrepresented products. They said the returns process was not entirely seamless. So what was going on there? What, what, what impression did you get of Amazon in reality based on the survey results?
1: I think it was probably the most interesting insight that we gleaned from the survey that uh, there's just this disconnect between what shoppers say, what they perceive about Amazon in terms of its return process and what the actual process looks like and what are the actual friction points for them. So I think retailers can learn a lot from this, actually, around the difference between perception and the key points that they do should address and ways that they can still save the consumer experience, even if they aren't necessarily able to offer all of the seamless return pieces that Amazon does The perception is that shoppers find Amazon return purchases very easy. The number we saw was 61% found it at least easy or very easy versus other retailers, they found it to be 58% easy and very easy. But at the same time, Amazon actually has a lot of friction in its process. Like you said, Uh, the number one reason that people said that they felt like the process was not that seamless is that they needed to print a return label. I think 46% of respondents said that, or that they needed a return authorization. They needed to schedule a pickup. All of those different ways were actually much more challenging to do with Amazon, as you can imagine with their marketplace of lots of different third-party brands and retailers, versus a non-Amazon brand or retailer, where we saw it was only 30% of consumers found that they needed to print a return label was part of the friction. I think that's an example of where there's a big gap in perception between what Amazon actually is able to do because how consumers feel about Amazon versus the actual process. For brands and retailers, I think that's actually a really interesting takeaway, which is that the reasons that consumers really liked the Amazon return process was essentially that they were communicated with proactively they were informed when their refund was processed they received updates about the status of their return and transparency and speed of the refund make a huge difference between a delighted and disappointed returner this is an opportunity for brands and retailers to really proactively communicate with the consumer and give them a sense of what is the status of my refund what is the status of my return how can i make sure it's reaching the consumer how can i make sure it's reaching the brand or retailer as quickly as possible.
0: So that's kind of our takeaway in terms of lessons learned, right? How you can drive more satisfaction with online returns, even if you have the snags. Communication seems to be a way to placate the customer or at least minimize the the suffering <laughs> that they say they are experiencing as a result of those snags.
1: I think it's a couple of different things. It's about being proactive with the consumer and giving them transparency and really giving them clarity around the status of their return. And it's also about giving them more options for returns. One of the things we talked about earlier was bracketing or the ability for a consumer to purchase multiple sizes or multiple styles of a particular item so that they can Mm -hmm. actually use those products or try them on at home, essentially turning your home into like a fitting room, if you will, Uh, particularly true of apparel retailers and brands. So when you think about exchanges and when you think about driving more satisfaction here, of returns, you want to think about how you can get, make that as easy as possible for a, a consumer. The number one reason we saw was that they were giving free shipping for an exchange.
0: The, the cost is important. One of the things I imagine that consumers will not tolerate is having to pay in some way for their returns. And yet we do have companies or retailers who charge so-called restocking fees when you exchange or return. Did the consumers in this survey talk about any of that? Did that come up?
1: Restocking didn't come up, but I think a topic that did that is actually really interesting and related is that most shoppers can actually be saved if you think about the return process. And when I say saved, I mean in terms of turning that into really an exchange or a replacement of the item that they're returning. That's a great way for a retailer or brand to maintain that same kind of purchase behavior that they've seen from the shopper and also keep them happy. One of the things we saw was that 62% of shoppers actually said that they would replace the item that they returned. With 48% of that coming from the same retailer, if they have a really seamless, easy process for them to make that purchase, or 14% coming from a different retailer. The main reason that they would switch retailers and they would not make that purchase from the same retailer is if the original retailer didn't have that item in stock, of course. But the second reason that they would switch to a different retailer to replace that item is because they had a bad experience with the return. So I think this is a great Mm -hmm. example of where you can try to save a consumer's experience and also kind of save that revenue that you earn from them by thinking of creative ways to introduce exchanges and making it really painless for them. That means surfacing the option for exchange online, for example, when they're initiating that return. Or, for example, another thing that we saw is that being able to offer the consumer free shipping for an exchange is the number one driver of how they would opt for an exchange versus a full return. We saw that 50% of repeat customers would exchange an item they purchased online instead of issuing for a return if the process offered free shipping.
0: All right. Well, I think those are some excellent lessons that retailers can take away from the latest state of online returns survey by Narvar. And I'm sure we'll be looking forward to next year's to see if they've maybe learned some of those lessons. I hope that's reflected in in consumer sentiment next time around. But in the meantime, Elaine Sue, thank you so much for helping us to understand just how consumers do feel about this very touchy, very sensitive, and very vital issue of online returns. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate your time, too.
0: That was my conversation with Elaine Sue of Narvar talking about the company's latest state of online return survey. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts.